Welcome to another episode of the Informed Catholic. This is going to be the readings for the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. Let's begin with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned through my thoughts and actions, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people on earth. We praise you. We adore you. We glorify you. We give you thanks for, for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand, the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father. Amen. All right, so I'm going to try to do some, you know, articles. Um, I think a lot of people like those articles when I do, like, subject matters and things. And I'm going to try to do a little bit more catechesis, you know, talk about subject matters, like about faith and because I've been doing a lot of reading about those, like Peter Crift actually has a great book called Catholic Christianity and also Father Horton. So I'm going to try to go through um, different catechisms uh, to try to make it interesting because I realize the catechism of the Catholic Church that one has put out is great. But the thing is, it is a difficult book, not an easy book to go through. But it's one we should need, we need to study. We need to understand exactly what is faith and what does it mean to believe. And like the creed is an expression of the faith. It is. Uh, certain things are expressions of the faith, but... The object of faith is God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Catholic Church, the sacraments. Those are the, that's the object of the faith. Expression of faith is the creed. And, of course, the object of faith also that, like the dogmas and, and, and uh, dogmas and decrees and everything, those are important. But we need to know exactly how do we explain this when we talk to someone who's not Catholic? How do we explain this to someone who's a Protestant? How do we explain this to someone who's an atheist? How do we explain this to someone who's from another religion? How do we explain, how do we talk to someone who was, who lost faith, who you, who was born Catholic and now doesn't practice the Catholic faith? 
Those are things that we have to learn how to talk. We got to learn how to talk to a world that's be, that is absolutely already, we've lost it. We've lost that battle. We've lost that battle because somehow along the way, someone decided not to tell us, to teach ministers and pastors and others. Don't go, don't, don't go preaching your faith. Don't go trying to convert the world. And that was wrong because Christ himself wants us to go out there and talk to the world and bring his message of salvation to the world. But how do we do it in a smart way? Okay, how do we do it in a way that is absolutely correct? And there is a way to do it. The point is we have to do it any other way. We have to learn how to talk to them. Not walk up to someone and just put a Bible in their face. They're not going to pick up and read the Bible. And in many ways, you could be doing more damage with someone who, when you could be doing it the right way to win them over. You know, Protestants, for some reason, they don't realize it. But there's a certain self-righteousness when you go up there in front of the person and you think that if you mention Jesus Christ to them, they're going to convert. They're not going to convert. When they already believe the gospel is a lie. You got to prove to them they're wrong by using, by turning their, their what they think is logical on, the, on its head. By challenging them. Paul did that. You know, you saw when he went to Athens or what, and he says, I've noticed you people are religious. You have an altar to every God. But I've noticed when I'm looking around your city that you have an altar to the unknown God. I would like to talk to you about this unknown God because I know this unknown God. What did he do? He complimented them. He, he yes, he complimented them in their own concept of their uh, of their of their very religious concept that they like to cross you know dot their i's and cross their t's and they believe there could be possibly a god that they don't know and paul knows greek philosophy paul knew greek philosophy paul studied greek so he knows the the, the roman hellenistic culture but do you know the person you're talking to do you know this individual? Do you know what they, how they think, why they think the way they think? So it takes time. You've got to know the person in order to deliver the message to the person. And some people just don't know how to do that. And they don't want to put in the time. You could learn about somebody, learn why they think the way they think, why they go to that university. What What is it they, I mean, like, do a little investigation. You know, put in, put in the time and pray. Pray, pray that you can, you, you, that God will give you the grace and give you the information you need. All right, let's move on from there. Okay, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Uh, chapter 49, verse 3 to 5. The Lord said to me, you are my servant, Israel, through whom 
I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord. And my God is now my strength. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One more time. The Lord said to me, you are my servant, Israel, through whom I show my glory. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb, that Jacob may be brought back to him and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So we're in the second week of Ordinary Time. And um, this reading from Isaiah. It's very beautiful. So how do we to understand it? How is God speaking to us? What's what is... God saying to us in this particular reading, You are my servant, Israel, through whom I show my glory. That's the first line. The children of Israel, the nation of Israel, all right, which means one who struggled with God and lived. Israel is a picture of the church. Israel is God's people. We we are chosen in Christ. All right, Jesus himself is Israel. He is the new Israel. He is the true Israel. He has struggled And he has overcome sin and death. All right. He himself took took the sins of everyone. Israel, including the Gentiles. And he bore our sins, our transgressions. And in him we are chosen. Those of us who put our faith in him, our trust in him, and we identify with him, all right, we we find 
our salvation, and our new life. The next, and you know, and in this, through him, God, God's glory is upon us. We find, you know, we are God's glory. All right, because we identify, we, we rest in him. We have our salvation in him, and that, that's what it means. Now the Lord has spoken. This is the next line. Who formed him, me as his servant from the womb. Okay. That Jacob may be brought back to him and Israel gathered to him. And I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord. This definitely speaks of Christ. Because he is. He is the one who was chosen, right? Jacob may be brought back to him. The name Jacob means kind of like a, a, a scoundrel, a cheat, okay? And Israel gathered to him. It's the people, the nation. Now we, we find this in him because Christ is the one. He is, you know, in him, we find we can see God's glory. Christ is the glory of the Father. All right. He is the glory of the Father. And He is our glory. Okay. And I, and my God is now my strength. Okay. That's true. Jesus Christ is the only begotten of the Father. And He is our God. And, and he, is, he, he and the Father are one of the same. And the Holy Spirit is poured out to us. And we we know that God is our strength. Christ is our strength. And it goes on. It is too little, the Lord says, for you to be my servant, to raise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. Okay. Now, this is obviously written to a post-exiled Israel, an Israel that now is exiled to, to Babylon and then to Persia. But when you think about it, we are all exiled. Okay, the exile that they experience again, kicked out from their kingdom because of their failure. Again, all these things when they fall and, and then they're restored is all basically a picture of Adam and Eve. Adam is, is kicked out. Adam and Eve is kicked out from the garden. Um, then they lose, uh, you know, judgment came down with the flood. And then once more, uh, the world is in Eden. And then Noah's, Noah's family, you know, ruins it again. And then once more, there's a fall. Then we have also, uh, then we see the whole world again, uh, the Tower of Babel after the flood. And then everything, they lose everything. They're scattered and, conf and confused with different languages. It's the same thing over and over again. Israel is basically the same thing. Now, we will find restoration. Everything will be fi will find restoration in the new heavens and new earth. We find salvation in Christ. Again, we we you know we learn these things. We have to learn these things. It's the only way. Okay, so 
to rise up the tribes of Jacob and restore the survivors of Israel. Then it goes on, I will make you the light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. It's the church and it's the, the people of Christ, the new people of God in Christ. And we have to, we have to remember this. We can't just keep the faith to ourselves. All right. Remember what it says, um, a light to the nations. What did Jesus say on the Sermon on the Mountain? All right. He said, you are the light of the world, a city on the hill. And Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. Which is it? Both. Both are correct. Both are true. We are associated with him. We're one with his body. We receive his body and blood. Both are correct. Okay? We have to identify with Christ in Christ. We have to identify with him. Okay? Those of us who call ourselves Christians... We must, we must identify Christ is our identity. And if he's our identity, then because he's the light of the world, we are the light of the world. You know, and also remember, like Paul said, the only way you can increase your faith in Christ is that you have to love him. Paul said, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You have to love the Lord. Remember, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And all your strength, all your will. And then we have to remember something else is very important. Okay? We have to love our neighbor as ourselves. How do we love them? We give them the gospel. How do we do it? We show them how the gospel has transferred our lives. We show it with words, and we also show it with action. Okay? Love is a will. It's difficult, but it's the will. And that's something we need to learn. All right, so let's move on from there. Psalm 40. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I waited, waited for the Lord. He stooped toward me, toward me and heard my cry. And he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to our God. Here, my Lord, I come to do your will. Sacrifice or offerings you wish not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocaust or sin offerings you sought not. Then I said, Behold, I come. I come. Here, my Lord, I come to do your will. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me to do your will. Oh my God, is my delight, and your law is within my within my heart. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. I announce your justice in the vast assembly. I did not restrain my lips, as you, O oh Lord, know. Here am I, Lord, I come to do your will. Okay, the next second reading is... 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Okay. A reading from first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Sustanus, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, 
to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy with all those everywhere who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their, their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. I'll read it one more time. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Sathanas, our brother, in to the church of God that is in Corinth, to you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, will all those everywhere who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. To those who accept him, he gave power to become children of God. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Okay. Chapters, oh, chapter 1, verse 29 to 34. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with, with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The uh, second reading, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Sathenus, sorry, it's a name that you don't hear that uh, these days, uh, brother, our brother to the church of God, this, uh, that is in Corinth. To you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy. Sanctified and called to be holy. Called to be holy. Set aside. Called to be God's precious people. And called to be holy. Because Christ lives in us. One of the things came to my attention was, you know, Paul said that our bodies are temple, our temple of God, temple to the Holy Spirit. If, if we think this way, if we believe this and actually live this every single day, then the Holy of Holies, the dwelling place, 
just as much as going to church, going inside a church, and and going to mass, going to liturgy, praying before the altar, kneeling before the tabernacle, then there is a holy of holies inside of us. There is a tabernacle and an altar inside of us in the very depths of our souls. You have to, th we have to think this way. When we receive Jesus Christ, body and blood, soul and divinity, then we are a dwelling place, a holy place for him. Just as much as there is in our parish churches or in our, our basilicas and, and cathedrals, we ourselves are a, are a parish church, a basilica and a cathedral. We ourselves are a sanctuary. If we think this way, even when we like you could you could practically recite the creed, say the act of contrition, right? Recite the, the Gloria wherever you are. Do the readings. Worship Christ, worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the very depth of your being. Even recite the lines for the consecration. He took this, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and said, take this, all of you. This is my body broken up for you. You know, you could say, blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, king of the universe, king of creation, who gives us bread from the earth, made by human hands. Blessed art thou, Lord God, king of creation, who gives us the fruit of the vine, work of human, human, human hands, you know, to give, to give praise to you. And then you say, he took the bread and broke it. And said, this is my body. He took the cup and said, this is the cup of my blood. Okay. For the new covenant. You could, you could recite it. Because we ourselves. You know, we worship him. We give him praise. That's not impossible. I mean, it's not. It's also, you're not breaking any rules or anything like that. But you are giving him praise and thanks. You're offering, you, you you know, as Christ offers himself, we are offer, we offer ourselves to him. That this is something you, we have to think, you have to believe it. There's no, you know, we, we, we have to live the mass every single day. When we go to communion, we receive his body and blood from the consecrated hands of a priest We become a dwelling place for, for our God. We carry him with us every single day and we become him. That the Catholics have to learn to live, I think, more charismatically, more, more in a sanctified way. And also... Don't be afraid to read your Bible and to recite scripture, to remember scripture. 
We don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to be seen reading your Bible. Don't be a, don't be afraid to carry with you a prayer book. Don't be afraid to 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 live the rosary. These things are important. We need to talk about it more. There's not a you know there's so many Catholics now who are losing their faith, walking away who don't believe in the real presence, who don't believe in the church's teachings. Heck, there's a lot of our ministers that don't. Don't be afraid. You know, the point we, you know, we're, we're Catholic Christians. We need to live our faith more. We need to practice our faith more. And he goes here with all those everywhere who, who, who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Okay, call upon. Do, do we talk to God? You know, I've been, I've been thinking, I've been reading more and more about prayer. I've been trying to figure out how to talk, you know, to come up with books to talk about it. I've been reading a small, a little booklet by Brother Lawrence. I think his name is Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. He was a Carmelite, a French Carmelite. And he, he practiced what's called the presence of God. He practiced the presence of God in small matter, small things, things that in a sense really uh, are very important, like work, simple work. He worked in the kitchen. He was a, a, a chef, a cook. He washed pans. He cleaned pans and he made it, he, he made it a calling. He was a soldier in, a, in the 1600s and he became a Carmelite a monk. He was, I don't think he was a priest. But he was definitely someone who believed and practiced prayer. And Carmelites, you know, contemplate a prayer meditation. It's a very big thing to them. You know, it's a, you know, and it's something that should be all, all orders practice it, but they focus on certain missions other uh, than others. But prayer is something that ev all or everyone should practice. And, you know, I've been reading a little bit of uh, Father Mitch Pacwa's. Uh, he's a Jesuit about prayer, definitely about how to live the life of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he, one of the things I find it easier, I think, learning from others about the spiritual exercises from others than reading St. Ignatius' spiritual exercises. It's actually not that easy, but I, hopefully I, I can get what they're saying. But this is something that ev all of us should be able to do. All of us should be able to, you know, like the line, um, the part about the um, Christ healing the paralytic. I finally understood a little bit more from a spiritual exercise standpoint, but also how to interpret it. The breaking through the roof is grace. God's mercy finally breaking through um, the roof of our of our lives, you know, breaking through to us, breaking through into our our lives that is so built up with sin, and Him 
coming down with four people bringing him down like in a um on a, a pallet is like the four gospels basically coming down in our lives because the four men there were four men that were bringing him down on a stretcher and that is in a sense like the four men breaking through the the four the, the four evangelists the gospel coming down pouring into our souls the holy spirit the message of christ the message of mercy and salvation coming down jesus first says to him son your sins are forgiven he didn't tell him first get up and walk remember the pharisees and the scribes were there and they thought who is this that dares to say your sins are forgiven because only god can forgive sins and jesus read their thoughts because they don't understand the mercy of God. They don't understand that what God, that God wants to forgive sins and God is in Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is God. And Jesus said that the son of man has on earth to forgive sin. Then he's, no, first, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat and walk. You should know the son of man has the power on earth to forgive sins. What does he say next? He says, pick up your pallet, your, your bed and go home. First, he has to absolve him of his sins. And then he tells him to get up and walk. The, forget, the, the soul is more important than the body. Remember, Jesus said that to the man at the pool of Bethsaida in Jerusalem. When he sees him in the temple the next day, you are well. Make sure you do not sin. For, you know, because sins... Sin, the, the, the sins are far more serious than the, than, than the physical ailments of the body. So it's not that God, God cares. God cares about the soul of an individual than about the physical ailments of an individual. Not that they're not important. The physical body is not important. But the soul is. If the soul is not well, then... Remember, be, be, be afraid of one who can destroy the soul. All right. Then the body, you know, and then, of course, the, God is the one who can destroy both soul and body. But it's important that we understand that the grace and healing of the soul is far more important. That we know that we have God's presence in our lives. That we have God alive in us. That God is living inside of us. That is important. That's why Paul here. You know. Grace to you. You know. Those who everywhere who call on the name of the Lord. Christ. Christ. Their Lord. And ours. You know. That is important. Everything about the grace. The life of God. Sanctified grace. And that we. We. We practice holiness. Then we go to the gospel here. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is John's gospel, chapter 1, verse 29 to 34. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin, the sin of the world. He is the one whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him. But the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. 
John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit coming down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. So, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What does that mean? It means that only Christ can heal the world. Only he, because he is the one true lamb of God. The Jews practiced animal sacrifices, and the animal sacrifices were only temporary, pointing to his coming. But once he came, once he is here, what's the point of it? Right? Problem is, is that that became literally an um, an insult to God when He already has sent gave us His Son, who could heal, who who is who's there to take away the sins, a new a new covenant and a new format, a new structure was brought in, a new structure. A new, and and the point is, is that he is the Lamb of God. Now, Protestants, of course, they're very, um, many of them are very in love with ancient Jewish practices because they have a Protestant, they have a, a Christian practice or a form of Christianity that is incomplete. They don't have a liturgy. And because of this, they don't have structures and formats that are already evolved organically through the centuries, uh, through the apostolic, uh, through the apostolic heritage that we received from the apostles. You know, they. I was watching the other day, and I saw like, you know, Jonathan Kahn is is an, is a great person. I don't agree with the fact that of the Protestant structure. But I looked at the audience and you see like some guys, they, you see some of them with prayer shawls, like Jewish prayer, the, the prayer um, covering, the men that cover themselves do they go, to, they pray. This guy was wearing it on his shoulder. And, and that's the thing. They, a lot of them are sort of bringing in sort of like a Judaizing manner. And, I don't, there's nothing wrong with it, but the problem is, is that what you're doing is you, you're sort of trying to reinvent the wheel and you're sort of like trying to bring in, I mean, think about it, after 2000 years, 2000 years, all of a sudden now, because there are Jews who believe in Christ, now everybody's trying to bring, like you got these other guys on YouTube who call themselves Messianic Jews. What in the world do they mean? It means Christianity or Messianic Gentiles. Well, that means you're Christian. Now you got them where they're like, a lot of them are trying to bring in these practices. And the fault is also as Catholic. 
We've stopped being missionaries. We've stopped introduce we, we stopped teaching about Catholicism. We stopped bringing we stopped teaching this. We have a liturgy that comes from the apostles, that comes from the upper room, that comes from Jesus himself. We have practices and, 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 and spiritual religious practices like the liturgy of the hours and the rosary. We have our own, I mean, Jesus said himself, once the, once the bridegroom is gone, then you will fast. We have, we fast for forgiveness of sins and for his return. What happened? What happened was we've, we've let the world interpret to us. Tell us that it, don't push your religion. Don't go around trying to convert people. Don't impose and, 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 you know, and make us feel ashamed for preaching the faith. You know, a lot, our, our job, when, when Jesus returns and he, asks you, and he asks us, why haven't you been doing the work I've been telling you to do? Why, why haven't you been going out? Jesus is the Lamb of God. We have Catholicism, Catholic Christianity is a continuation of the Judaism, but complete. But complete. We should, we need to start preaching the Catholic religion. We need to start preaching it and we need to start teaching others. We should not be ashamed of who we are. We should not be ashamed of being Catholic and, and, and start practicing Catholic customs and traditions, you know, spiritual practices. It's sad that this is, this is, this is what we got ourselves into. It's sad. You know, we need to practice this. We need to put this out there and show the world the beauty of Catholicism, the beauty of the Catholic Christian faith. Okay, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. All right. So let's say uh, Hail Mary for 
Pope Benedict Emeritus XVI. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a... Um, let's say a Hail Mary for for Christians who are living under persecution in Muslim countries and um, also here in America because it's becoming a more hostile country towards faith, towards Christians. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And I think we have to say, we should say a prayer, uh, Hail Mary for Cardinal Pell, who passed away. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And also let's say um, a Hail Mary for those who are um, catechumens, uh, those who are in RCIA, who will um, come into the Catholic Church soon uh, for this Easter. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's say a Hail Mary for, um, for people who are sick, who are suffering. Uh, for the elderly, especially those who are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. I have a friend whose parents are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. His, his mom, especially his mom. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's uh, let's say a prayer, uh, a Hail Mary for um, our priests, our bishops, you know, especially those who um, who are weak in their faith, who are struggling, uh, in, especially in this uh, this corporate structure of the church that's developed. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And for Pope Francis. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And let's say a St. Michael, St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attacks of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, 
the glory now and forever. Amen.